Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to this time of worship. As always, I'm so grateful for the time we have been able to spend together worshiping the Lord. If you have your Bible with you this morning, your copy of God's Word, I want to invite you to open it to the 37th chapter of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37. And I want to read the first 14 verses with you this morning. So whether you're here gathered with us or whether you are there at home uh, with your copy of God's Word in hand, Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning with verse 1. You follow along as I read. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you. And I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews upon them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the word of God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, that I have spoken and that I will do it, declares the Lord. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we are grateful for these moments, for this opportunity to open your word together. And we pray now that you might speak truth into our hearts, into our lives, into our circumstances as we today as your people find ourselves in such a similar situation 
to that which Ezekiel found himself. And so, Lord, we look to you today to do for us what you did for your people so long ago. Encourage us in our disappointment and our disillusionment. And, Lord, begin a process of restoration within us is the prayer that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about how we find restoration from life's most distressing situations. That, that is really what's going on here in Ezekiel chapter 37. In this chapter, God's people find themselves in a very distressing kind of situation. Ezekiel prophesied during a, a very turbulent period of Israel's history. Around 596 B.C., the city of Jerusalem had been attacked and destroyed by the armies of Babylon led by King Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem had been ransacked, virtually destroyed, and the best of the citizens of that city had been deported across 700 miles of desert into captivity in far-off Babylon. Ezekiel was a young man at that time. Perhaps some have suggested even in his mid-20s. We know he was married. We also know that his wife died when Jerusalem fell, perhaps murdered by Nebuchadnezzar's soldiers. So this grieving young prophet, along with most of God's people, began that very dark and gloomy period in Israel's history that we know as the exile, the difficult time for the people of God. The city of David, the city of God had fallen. The temple, the symbol of God's presence with his people had been destroyed. The promised land, the land that God had given to his people had been taken away. Church, it was a time of great difficulty, distress, disappointment, disillusion for the nation of Israel. Hopes were shattered. Dreams lay in ruin. And they found themselves languishing in a refugee camp by the Kabar River in far-off Babylon. This, this was the kind of distressful situation that was facing God's people in Ezekiel's day. It was the situation they found themselves in when the Lord spoke to Ezekiel in this vision we have just read from chapter 37, this vision of the valley of dry bones. Those bones represented the nation of Israel, it represented God's people in their distress and their despair. They represented God's people who, in verse 11, cry out and say, our, our bones are dried up and our hopes are lost. We have indeed been cut off. Maybe that's not too far off from the way some of us feel this morning. And if it is... There is a question that must be asked. It is the question that God first asked Ezekiel, and we find it in verse 3. Look at it with me. God turns to this grieving young prophet and says to him, Son of man, can these bones live? Very contemporary question, isn't it? 
It, it's, it, it's the way many of us feel right now, and the question really is asking when, when things are at their worst, when it seems like things could not possibly be more distressing, is there any hope? Will things ever get any better? Is there a future that once again can be bright and exciting and fulfilling? Maybe you've asked yourself that question over these past days, perhaps weeks, even months, and you honestly don't know the answer. That's how Ezekiel felt in his distressful situation. This young prophet had his doubts about the future because when God asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? Look at how he replied in verse 3. Ezekiel said, O Lord, you alone know. I haven't got a clue, God. Only you know the answer to that question. Uh, and as I look at that, uh, I realize, and you need to realize, this was a very tentative kind of reply from this prophet of God. Because if you go back to chapter 1 and look at how the book of Ezekiel begins, this was the man who had seen that incredible vision of God, that, that wheel within a wheel, that vision of the four living creatures, God seated on a sapphire throne, his appearance resembling the glow of burning metal, full of fire, all brilliance and light like a rainbow. God's voice like the blast of a trumpet, like the tumult of a great army. And when Ezekiel saw that vision, he fell face down, trembling before that power and that majesty and that glory. You see, Ezekiel had seen God and Ezekiel had sensed God in some extraordinary ways. And yet, when he was faced with his own distressful situation, when he was asked if there was any hope, his reply reflected his own doubts and all he could say is, Oh Lord, only you know what the future holds for your people. I cannot help but believe this morning that Ezekiel's reply reflects some of our own doubts and fears as we wrestle with our own distressful situation. But I believe we can find hope and encouragement and direction as we look at the way God worked in Ezekiel's day. Because even when this prophet of God had his doubts... God had a plan. God had a plan for restoration. And so he says to Ezekiel here in verse 5, look at it with me. I will cause breath to enter these bones and they will come to life and I will attach tendons to them and make flesh come upon them and cover them with skin and I will put breath in them and they will come to life and then you will know that I and the Lord. So let me share some things with you this morning, three things that, that ought to give us hope and, and encouragement as we face our own distressful situations in life. First of all, number one, we need to understand that restoration begins when we submit our distressful situation to the Word of God. Restoration can begin when we submit our distressful situation to the Word of God. In verse 4, God says to Ezekiel, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, 
Hear the word of the Lord. You see, the first thing Ezekiel did in his distressful situation was to bring the word of God to bear on that situation. Ezekiel didn't say, you know, this is what I think about this situation. Uh, This is what I think ought to be done. This is my word that, that I think can help us out. He didn't say, this is what I think would fix this mess. No, he said, hear the word of the Lord. This is what God's word has to say about this situation. So verse 7, Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. In other words, I obeyed God. I followed the word of the Lord. And when he did that, what happened? When Ezekiel brought the word of God into his distressful situation, an amazing thing began to happen. A supernatural thing began to happen. Out of the chaos and the disorder of that desert of dry bones, things began to take shape again. Restoration began. So I prophesied as I was commanded, verse 7 again, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise. Behold, there was a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. Man, I wish I could have seen that. Don't you wish you could have seen that? I mean, in my mind's eye, I'm trying to picture this. This vast desert floor covered with dried out, sun-bleached bones that had been scattered by the wind and the rain and the storm, by the scavenging of, of, of wild animals. A somber, silent testimony to what once must have been a truly terrible battle that had taken place in that valley floor. But as Ezekiel brings the word of God to bear on that distressful situation, suddenly there's a movement in that lifeless desert, a shaking, a rattling sound. And all of a sudden, arms and necks and heads come together as if drawn by some kind of invisible magnet to form a human skeleton, hundreds, perhaps thousands of them. And then as he watches, sinews and flesh begin to appear, muscles and tendons grow, skin begins to cover these bodies. Oh, I wish I could have seen it. Ezekiel brought the word of God into that valley of dry bones and suddenly it was no longer a valley of dry bones because out of the dryness and the dust, And the disorder of that distressful situation, things began to take shape, things began to come together, and restoration began when that distressful situation was submitted to the Word of God. Listen, this morning, I woke up as you woke up, many of us having a lot of different opinions and thoughts and ideas about what has caused or may be causing the distressful situations in our lives. And we've got our ideas and thoughts about what needs to be done to correct those things. Probably a lot of those opinions, a lot of those thoughts, a lot of those ideas here today, they, some of those things are literally consuming us right now. But if there was ever a time, church, when God's people need to hear again the truth of God's word, it is today, it is now. 
Because there is in this kind of situation such a fertile field for misunderstanding and anger and bitterness, accusation, taking sides, raw emotional outbursts. And the only way to keep that from happening is for us to say, as the people of God, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, I will order my words, my actions, my thoughts, my feelings by the word of God. I will not do anything. I will not say anything. I will not think anything. Listen to me carefully. I will not post anything on social media that is not in keeping with what the word of God has to say. You see, in the midst of a distressful situation, We must bring God's word to bear. We must hear what God's word has to say to us about loving one another, forgiving. We must commit ourselves to following what the word of God has to say about prayer, about reconciliation, about working together as the body of Christ, about faithfully fulfilling our mission as the people of God, about letting our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And if we will do that, if we will submit our distressful situation to the word of God, then I can promise you things will begin to take shape again. We'll have a framework from which to begin again. The restoration of a valley of dry bones, whether it was in Ezekiel's day or whether it's in our day, in your own life, begins with this proclamation. Hear the word of the Lord. Restoration begins when we submit our distressful situation to the word of God, number one. Number two, restoration continues when we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. Restoration continues when we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. Now, after bringing the Word of God into this valley of dry bones, Ezekiel saw those bones transformed into complete human bodies, flesh, sinew, bone. It was an amazing restoration. But it wasn't yet a complete restoration. The last of verse 8, look at it. It says, there was no breath in these bodies. They were inert. They were lifeless. The Word of God began this restoration, but there was still something more that was needed. So God says to Ezekiel, look at it, verse 9, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Now, it's interesting and significant that the word translated here, breath, can also be translated spirit. In fact, This particular word in the original Hebrew language can mean either breath or spirit. And that's because this word reflects the Hebrew thought that the very essence of life comes from God. He breathes the spirit of life 
into man. So Ezekiel had brought the word of God into the valley of dry bones. That began the restoration. But for it to continue, God had to breathe his spirit into that situation. It was the spirit of God, the very breath of God, that caused these inert and lifeless bodies to rise up now and actually stand on their feet. And you need to understand if that had not happened, if those lifeless forms had not been energized and invigorated by the Spirit of God, then, hey, it wouldn't have been very long before they would have begun to disintegrate again. They would have begun to decay all over again. It wouldn't have been long before they had reverted back into that vast array of scattered, dried-out, sun-bleached bones. That reminds me of a lesson that we forget at our own peril, and that is this. In our distressful situations, church, it is not enough just to hear what God's Word has to say. That's important. But we must open ourselves to the Spirit of God and let the Spirit of God fill us and energize us and control us so that our actions and our words and our thoughts are motivated by the work of God's Spirit within us and not the working out of our own human feelings and emotions. This is what the Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 5.16. Be filled with the Spirit. Some translations say live by the Spirit, be controlled by the Spirit, be filled by the Spirit, Paul says, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That's important to hear. It's important to remember. In life's distressful situations, perhaps more than at any other time, the temptation is to act and react out of that old sinful nature that's still within us, always ready to break out, always ready to make itself known. And the only way to keep that sinful nature in check is to yield ourselves to the power of God's Spirit so that His Spirit becomes that which controls us and directs us and shapes our responses to the distressful situations that we face in life so that His Spirit becomes that which determines, drives our actions and reactions as we move through this process of restoration. And i got to tell you, folks, until we do that, until we come to the place where we absolutely allow God's Spirit to permeate and control our lives, until we allow Him to have His way within us, until we come to the place where we absolutely and without reservation submit our wills to His will, then we'll never experience the kind of restoration that God longs to bring to us, the kind of miraculous, supernatural restoration that we see here. In Ezekiel chapter 37, it is only as we allow God to move among us and in us and through us by His Spirit that restoration can become a reality in our own experience. So, number one, restoration begins 
as we hear the word of God. Number two, restoration continues as we submit or yield to the spirit of God. Number three, restoration culminates. It culminates as we place our trust firmly in the person of God. Look with me at verses 12 through 14 again. And as we look at these verses, just get your ears tuned up. I want you to listen how many times God uses the word I or my as he speaks of the restoration of the nation of Israel. Listen. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. I will do it, declares the Lord. Listen to me. There is a powerful message in all of those first-person pronouns. We need to understand that ultimately, restoration is beyond our human abilities. In the final analysis, we must confess, we must confess as did the psalmist in Psalm 127.1, unless the Lord builds the house... Its builders labor in vain unless the Lord watches over the city. The watchmen stand guard in vain. We must hear again the words of our Lord Jesus in Matthew 19, 26, when he said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We know this, but there are times we desperately need to be reminded of this. And today is one of those days. Nothing lies beyond the scope of God's ability. Nothing is too hard for him. No set of circumstances baffles him. No situation takes him off guard or catches him by surprise. He is sovereign. And church, where his word is heard and obeyed and where his spirit is allowed to move and work, God can always bring about restoration out of the chaos and out of the disorder. God can always bring calm and peace. Now, let me remind you of something. This is important. In Ezekiel's day, there was not one thing God's people could do about their status as exiles about the fact that they were in captivity in Babylon. They were a defeated and marginalized people. They couldn't go back and change the past, no matter how much they wanted to, no matter how hard they tried. Their situation was a fixed, unalterable fact. They couldn't run away. All around them was desert, and the soldiers of Nebuchadnezzar's army to run away would have been to die. So what could they do? The same thing that you and I must do 
this morning, right now, in this place and in our hearts, we must confess our utter and absolute dependency upon God and realize that trusting in ourselves, trusting in what we might be able to do, will ultimately never change a single thing. Church, the road up and out of life's distressful situations is always found as we firmly, finally, and forever deposit our faith and our trust firmly in the person of God. Not in ourselves, not in our own wisdom, not in our own resources, not in our schemes or our plans or our protests. We place our faith firmly in the person of God. And I want you to understand this morning, again, when God's word is heard and obeyed, when his spirit is free to move and work, then restoration can come, but it can only come from God himself. Only he can bring unity and peace out of the chaos and disorder of our distressful situations. So let me encourage you this morning. Stop. Think. Let the Spirit of God capture your mind this morning and put your trust in God. Not in man, not in what he can do, but in what God can do. Wait on him. Don't be hasty in your conclusions. Don't be hasty in your decisions. Give God time to work. Give God time to bring healing and restoration to your spirit and to your distressful situation. Hear the word of God. Yield yourself to the Spirit of God. Place your trust in the person of God. That is the pathway if we want to see restoration from life's distressful situations. You know, there was another prophet of God, Isaiah, who prophesied during a turbulent time of great political upheaval in the nation of Israel. It was a time following, immediately following the death of King Uzziah. That was when in chapter 6, Isaiah had this amazing vision of God seated on his throne, high and lifted up, surrounded by the heavenly hosts, the foundations of the earth trembling at his voice. And Isaiah carried that vision of God's power and majesty and sovereignty. He carried that vision with him throughout his life and ministry. That vision came to him in chapter 6. But in chapter 40, verse 31 of that great prophecy, Isaiah reminds us that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. That is the promise of restoration that God brings to his people today. Oh, church, may that be our experience as we continue to walk through this journey together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to gather as your people, whether it is here in this place, whether it is scattered throughout 
uh, this community and this city in our homes. We gather as we gather as the people of God, your people, to whom you have given great and exceeding promises. And Lord, as we look out over the devastation, as we see our own valley of dry bones, as within our spirit we well up with the words of your Old Testament people and say our, our bones are dried up, our spirit is crushed, we're, we're cut off. God, would you do for us what you did for Ezekiel, for your Old Testament people? Would you open these graves and raise us from these graves? Would you establish us in this land? Would you renew and revive us as your people? And, oh God, would you use us to be salt and light in a culture of darkness and great corruption. Lord, encourage our spirits. May we hear your word. May we yield ourselves to your spirit. May we trust firmly in your person and in your presence is the prayer that we pray in the strong name of the one who gives us victory over life and death, our resurrected, ruling, reigning Lord Jesus. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. Be encouraged, church. God is a God of great power and great restoration. And may you walk in that promise. May you walk in that hope today and all the days ahead. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day.